Welcome to the evolution of culture, hustle culture, which has naturally played itself out. Welcome to the Hustle Culture Hater Club Podcast. We don't glamorize hustle. We promote empowerment over exhaustion. Your life, your biz, your rules. And now your host, Heather Kehoe, bringing F-bombs and truth bombs. This is the Hustle Culture Hater Club. Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Hustle Culture Hater Club podcast and I have got one of my very, very bestest friends in the world, Miss Connie Burns and honestly, she has got the best story when I tell people, they're like, hey, I need to know more, tell me about her. So at this time, um, I'm bringing her on and she is a medium, which is just Oh man, there's just so many amazing things that she does. And she's going to tell us um, her story, how she, you know, realized that she was in the wrong career and that she had a calling to really help people. So welcome, Connie. I'm so excited. Oh my gosh, Heather. This is such a treat. Thank you so much for inviting me. And actually, before we start, I just want to celebrate you and the way that you're bringing this to awareness because I know there's so many people who we just grow up thinking like this is how life works and this is what we do and then all of a sudden we're 45 years old and we're totally miserable wondering why so thank you for bringing awareness to this and just sharing your opinion which I love so much yeah and you know what I I feel that the as we go on in this world because there's so much shit going on Right. And people always say, well, that's just a coincidence or that's just this, or that's just the way it's supposed to be. And it's like, no, 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 it isn't. That's just what you've been told to believe. So when we get into this and you start sharing, it's, it's so awesome. So, um, I want the audience to know a little about, a little bit about you, um, where you're from, you know, family, and then obviously how we met, which was, (laughs) pretty funny. Um, but yeah, start telling us who, who the hell are you, Connie? Okay. So I live in Regina. I've lived here my whole life in Regina, Saskatchewan, went to university to be a teacher, did that for a while. And then, um, once we had our children, I stayed home for 10 years. I was a full-time mom for 10 years, best decision of my life. I really felt like that was, allowed my family to live a slower pace. My husband went worked and has a very successful business. So he carried that into things. And I basically carried the other end of everything at home with the kids, the house, family, the everything. And that point in our life was really awesome because we weren't running like mad. We weren't mm-hmm. hamsters on a wheel. I was putting my love and energy into the things at home that I felt were important. And I'm so grateful for that time to be able to live that way because I chose that. I totally understand it's not for everybody, but I chose that. Um, And then once I, well, then we met kind of the tail end of my full-time at home kind of time. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. So, so, okay. So I don't know how many of you have heard of Silpata jewelry, but it was like all the rage, right? (laughs) It was, it was was like the whole party, um, the sterling silver, like it, yes. 
Yeah. And the jewelry was like, fuck, it was amazing. Like it was beautiful. really nice. Like yeah. so beautiful. But yeah. I think we originally met in Toronto, right? Yes. At yeah. one of the conferences. I think it was a leadership conference because, yes. you know, we were the both like in the top 2%. Let me we just were the leaders. <laughs> yeah. And so I met you there and really, yeah, I just was like, oh my gosh, this lady, like she's got it all. I really remember thinking that, that you had it all. So um, I was just thrilled to meet you. And yeah. then we just became friends, of course, because we have so much in common. Yeah. Yeah. And it was so cool. Like how, like I think about the people I met and then we went on the trips, right? Like to yes. Cabo and that was so cool. Um, but you think about, like, I always think about if, if we wouldn't have taken that, you know, risk, cause it was a risk, right? Like you're joining this yeah. and yeah. you're hoping people book parties and you're going into their home. Um, and if that didn't work, right, we would have never met. Like, it's just, yeah. it's so wild. When I and think funny enough, I, I really just signed up as a rep because there was this bracelet. I think it was like $190 mm-hmm. and I was at a party and I didn't want to buy it, um, you know, at full price. So I signed up as a rep to get it like as one of the things, anyhow, uh-huh. I had no intention of doing that like, yeah. be, and it just became so successful. And you know what? I was really good at it because I'm one of those people that when I do something, I want to be the best at it. And as much as that's a good thing that has been part of my struggle throughout, you know, different areas of of my life. And, um, anyways, we can get a little more into that perfectionist kind of mindset, but, um, so yeah. And then it just took off and we had a great couple of years doing it. Oh, and it was, it was a memory. good run. Do you remember we would show up at, just like we were covered in jewelry? It was ridiculous. Well, there was like a 10 piece, like that was the thing. So you'd have right. Two rings, your earrings, a couple necklaces, a bunch of bracelets. Like yeah. God, if I, if I put all that on now, oh my gosh, I would just, it would not be me at all. But at the time, yeah, it was amazing. Oh God, like we would pack, we'd have one full thing of our jewelry and like, you yeah. had to wear it when you were flying there. So like, cause you never know, you might find a customer in the airport, right? Wearing How the jewelry. How did ever even get through security? Like, you know, it would have been just a production taking all that stuff off, all that silver. But yeah, it was really great. I'm, I'm so grateful for that time in my life. Totally. It was so awesome. It was so awesome. So I remember, um, like during that time, I I think we touched on it a little bit and you had told me, okay, I'm having these like dreams, these weird dreams. And the, the time that was really, really, um, it still sticks into my head is remember when we went to the Enrique and Pitbull concert in Toronto, it was again in Toronto. And We had like the hotel room, we shared the hotel room and you're like, Hey, Heather, just in case I scream in the middle of the night, this is why. And I'm like, what? Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And I'm like, okay, well maybe you're just having night terrors or, um, whatnot. So let's, let's go back to, before we get into that. So jewelry, okay. You're doing the jewelry and then you had your teaching degree. Right. And then what kind of happened the end of the jewelry career? You went back into like, you went into substitute teaching. 
Right. So I, I knew that I was ready to kind of go back to do something, but I wasn't sure if teaching was it because I'd been away from that for 10 years. Mm -hmm. So I just started substitute teaching just to see if this was still something I was interested in. And I mean, subbing actually worked awesome for my family and for me, because you, I basically would only be in a couple schools. Once they get to know you, they start requesting you. And like the kids thought I worked there, like the kids would, the kids at school, they'd say, Mrs. Burns, are you coming to meet the teacher night barbecue tonight? And I'm like, no, I'm not on the staff. But because I was subbing in those schools so much, the kids kind of just, they thought I worked there. Right. Um, So subbing was really good. And then, um, I had no intention of going back as like having a classroom or anything. And then a principal actually approached me and wanted me as one of his teachers, um, a week into school, they got, you know, the enrollment increased and they needed Mm -hmm. another teacher. So I sort of struggled with that for a day or so. And I Mm -hmm. said, you know what, I'm not coming full time. Like if you can, if I can do it four days a week and you bring somebody else in for that one day, which is a whole like. Can you imagine someone doing You're right. that? Hi, you have one day. That's it. But like the principal saying, yes, I want you so much in yeah. high school. Like you're so good at what you do that I'm willing to do that. And he said, yeah. I would not do this for anyone else. Just so you know, but you're yeah. that good. Like that's how he worded it. I'm yeah. that confident that you are the one I need. So anyhow. Yeah. So then that's what got me sort of back into teaching. Yeah. So at that time, the kids were about how old? So the kids would have been probably 11 or 12 and okay. yeah, at 11 or 12 and, you know, 13 or 14. Yeah. Okay. But during that whole time, I, so what was happening with those, it wasn't really dreams. What was happening was I would be sleeping, I'd wake up and I'd open my eyes and there would be a figure leaning over me in my bed. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine? Yeah. So, you know. I would scream because it was so real. And I right. would like when this first started happening, I would just be so terrified. I couldn't even go back to sleep at night. Um, can you imagine though? It was like, what in the heck is yeah. happening? Yeah. And I just didn't know what to make of it. So what happened was one day I was actually watching um, Teresa Caputo. Yeah. Long yeah. Yeah. And they were interviewing, interviewing her brother and He's like, yeah, Teresa was always just crazy when she was little. She used to wake up screaming, seeing people in her room. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah. In the head. So it kind of planted that seed. Like maybe this is what this is, but I was also terrified of the whole thing. And I didn't want, you know, how on her show, I don't know if you've watched it, but she like just goes up to random people and doing things. And I didn't want that. So I just kept like pushing it away and and thinking like, no, this isn't what, this isn't what this is. Right. I kept going to school, working eventually. Um, actually, actually after that first year back, I gave up my classroom and I said, I don't want a classroom. I just Mm want to do prep teaching or itinerant is what some school divisions call it. So I would go into different classrooms when the teacher got their prep time, I would still plan and, um, evaluate and assess all the stuff that I did. Yeah, it was just, I didn't have the classroom response. Little did I know that was probably just as much work because in one day I'd be in seven or eight different classrooms, Right, everything, you know, like talk about a hamster on a wheel. That was my life for like four years. Yeah. Yeah. And knowing, I'm sure knowing that this wasn't your end game. 
right? Like that was not, you know, and at the time, like the first probably three years I was doing that, I felt like I did a really good job and I loved the kids like kindergarten Mm -hmm. degree. I loved them all. And I really enjoyed my time with them, but it was just so much on the back end that was just becoming really, it just became like, I don't know. It didn't, it didn't align with me anymore. And I knew that last year of teaching, I was miserable and I would be at school till six o'clock at night. Some days on my, actually, um, every week, one or two of my days off, because I was only doing three days a week at that time. I was doing schoolwork at home. Mm-hmm. It was ridiculous. Yeah, it was ridiculous. So working, getting paid part-time, but working full-time is basically how it felt. Yep. And um, I just could feel myself like, I, I explain it like this. I'm like, I felt like I was drowning. Yeah. Every day I was running from here to here, drowning under this like soup of sludge that yeah. just felt so uncomfortable. And I, I knew this wasn't what I wanted to do anymore, Yeah, but I didn't know what, you know, I didn't know what I wanted to do. So, right. Right. Yeah. So, okay. So we've got the Teresa you've, you've oh. seen her. You're yeah. like this little seed. You're knowing yeah. that this isn't what you want to do, but so right. take me back to then when you're like, okay, well, Am I then, losing my mind? Yeah. I, that, right. Yeah. So then this is where it gets a little bit nuts. Like, so this would have been fall of 2018. And this was my fourth year teaching. Um, I guess fifth year teaching, going back teaching. And um, I was really like having a hard time. But in the fall that year, a friend of mine, I didn't even have Facebook at the time because I just thought it was so silly. And yeah. I just didn't even have Facebook. So she sends me this message saying, Hey, I saw this thing on Facebook. There's a workshop in Regina. If you think you might be a medium or you want to further develop your skills, come to this one day workshop. And I was like, I'm not going to that as if I'm going to that, I won't be able to do it. I'm going to look like a total fool. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to it. And then I sat with it for a bit and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go. Yeah. I'm not going to be able to do it. And then I can roll this out. And that was really my whole reason for going to this workshop that day. I was like, it's not going to work. And then I can move on and maybe figure out what this is, why I'm waking up seeing these things in my room. Yeah. So I sign up for it. It was maybe like $250 or something like that. Yeah. I went and I walked in and I was like, oh God, why did you come to this? I just instantly felt like such a, like a fraud. Yeah. Like, you know, that imposter syndrome, like, why are you here? Yeah. So then the lady, um, walked us through all these different exercises, like to, you know, tune in, tune into your intuition, basically showed us kind of how to open a channel, that kind of stuff. And I was, my jaw was on the ground all day. I was connecting with people. So there was maybe 13 or 14 people in this workshop. And all day it was working. I was connecting with people's loved ones. And I'll never forget the one where she gave me a name. Yeah. And then I start getting all this information. I'm like, I feel like I'm in a, in a body of water. There's mountains around me. I feel like I'm a younger male. I'm getting all this information. And keep in mind, I have never done this before other than up to this day. And so, um, she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, uh, she says, Oh yeah, you did so good. Oh my gosh. That was all like 
perfect information. I'm like, well, so who was this? Yeah. And she's like, oh, that was my brother. He passed away at this age in a kayaking accident. And she's so matter of fact about it. And I'm like, oh my God, what? First of all, you lost your brother. And then I was like, I just connected with someone who's not here. What? Yeah. So the whole day, it was just this like crazy. Um, And then that night, actually, we were having really good friends over for supper. And you know, this friend who also sold Sopata with us. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I passed a couple of months before this. And I said, I can't believe what happened to me today, what I was doing all day. And she's like, oh, my gosh, try it with me. So again, I was like, no, it's not going to work. Like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. But we did. We did a reading and we were both just bawling our eyes out. It was amazing. The stuff that came through that her mom shared like that was going on in my, our friend's life right then. I had yeah. no idea about this stuff. Right. So that was kind of the start of it all. And then I was like, and so what? Like, yeah, so now I what? Do this, but yeah. What? yeah. So then I kept going to school, kept teaching and I called it my practicing. I would do like free readings for friends and family. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you actually, I don't remember when we came to see you, but it was a long, it was in yeah, the totally. And you said, and I did a reading with you. Yeah. You said, I'm totally fucking paying you for this. Are you crazy? Like, yeah, you're not doing it for free. And I was like, no, no, it's okay. Like, I'm just, I'm just practicing right now. You're like, no, you're not. I'm paying you. And yeah. you were the first person, like of all my friends and family that valued what I did and actually paid me. And I was just reminded of that. That really like meant so much to me. And you have influenced me and shown me how to navigate this journey in ways that you don't even realize because you always, I remember you saying that, like, you have to see your worth. You have to see your value. Yeah. Other people won't see it. And I took me a long, long time to get to where I am now, but all these little bits of you sprinkling your home. I love it. They really have have had an impact. Oh, Um, thank you for telling me that where you came to see me in Regina, this was in my last location. Um, and you were like, okay, we're just going to sit here for a second. And we're just going to like celebrate how fucking amazing this is that you've done this. Yeah. I was like, well, like what, you know, like, yeah, it's good. But, and you were like, no, you need to understand how, like how beautiful and amazing and courageous this is that you've done this and like, look at your place and look what you're doing. Yeah. And I remember you really just like hammering that into me, like, yeah. Lady, how me yeah. is. So yeah, thank you for all. And that then we, there. and then we danced. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I, th- you know, it's so important because we, you know, I call it like the gains and the gaps, right? And so often we focus on the gaps. Well, okay, I'm here, but like, how do I get there? Right. It seems so far away. And you focus on that huge gap instead of focusing on like, holy shit, that I've made like these gains. Right. And, and we always look for this huge, like, it needs to be this massive, like rah, rah, shish, sort of thing. Right. But it's like, Hey, you went from realize like, okay, this isn't a hobby, yeah. right? This isn't a hobby. Yeah. Like I'm actually impacting people's lives. Right. And I have this amazing, amazing gift. Right. right. And it's <clears throat> like, and I, I understand like when you were feeling like, okay, is, 
is this like people thinking I'm going to be th- that I'm crazy or what is this? You know, cause it's uh, so, people it who are so weird. Yeah. And people that don't understand, and there will be people who will never get it. They just will yeah. be in denial. They'll be like, no, you know, you die. That's it. It's gone. There's nothing. And, and you can't change those people right till they're ready to actually um, embrace that there is something after and that you can connect. Yeah. You cannot force somebody, but the people that truly right. like you provided closure to so many people and just, you know, answers, even when you did the reading with me. Right. And I know it was about my auntie Barb and it was like the winter and all of a sudden there was a fly. Do you remember yes. that? There was a fly. Yeah. And I was like, and then you started laughing. You're like, where did this fly come from? Like that is, why is there a fly here? And I started laughing and I'm like, because my, I was so afraid of flies growing up and we'd be on my auntie Barb's farm. And every time I'd see a fly, I'd freak out and she'd be like, Jesus Christ, Heather, it's just a fly. Right. And it was like, (laughs) so like, it was just so auntie Barb. Right. And then the fly was gone and it was like the middle of winter. Yeah. So so yeah, and your your space is just like the one that I was in. And I know you've moved, but it was amazing. Yeah. Like so yeah. amazing. Yeah. So I'm very, very happy with my new space as well. Yeah. So okay. So you're like, so, holy shit, this is like a business. Well, I I didn't even get to that point yet. Like, so I knew that I could do this in the fall of 2018. I practiced on friends and family. Mm -hmm. I never understood what it could look like or what it could be. I was really good at my job. And I, you know, it just made like my, in my old self, it made sense. Like this is what I do. I'm a teacher. I'm really good at it. Blah, blah, blah. All the stories, even though I had this kind of in the back of my mind, like, oh, you could also do this. Mm-hmm. I was having trouble because I, I'm, I guess was, cause I'm a different version of myself now, but back then I really wanted to have all the answers mm-hmm. and everything figured out before stepping into something. Right. So I remember, and my friends, they always remind me of this story and it, we, we just laugh and think it's so funny because we were sitting around one night and they're like, they had all had readings and thought it was amazing. And I was like, yeah, but like, what am I going to charge people for this? And I just thought it seemed so bizarre. And they're like, yes, yes, yeah. you are. People are yeah. going to pay for this. Like, it's amazing. Yes, you are. And I still just never, I think because it wasn't like leaving teaching to, you know, go start a different business that maybe mm-hmm. would be more acceptable or mainstream or whatever. It was like, I'm going to be a medium. And half the people I'm going to tell are going to be like, are you crazy as mm-hmm. if like, what are, what are you talking about? Mm, yeah. So it was partly that, you know, fear of like, what are people going to say about me and the judgment? Cause that used to be a real big thing mm-hmm. for me. And then also it was like, but I just don't get it. Like, are people going to come to my house? Like right. how am I going to tell people about it? Just, there was so many logistics that didn't make sense. So I struggled through that year, school year and other colleagues after I left, they, I, when I met with them and spoke about things, they were like, yeah, you had changed. You were not yourself. You were, you were having a hard time. Like I would walk around with like making these faces, like, oh my God, get me out of here. And (laughs) not myself. So what, what actually wound up happening in May of 2019. So the end of that school year. I started feeling this numbness 
around my torso on my left side. And I thought, this is weird. What the mm-hmm. heck? Like, it feels like I'm numb, like at the dentist. Yeah. And then gradually, you know, over a few days went all the way down my leg and I was dragging my foot a mm-hmm. little bit I was walking, and I was like, oh, this is weird. Of course, yeah. ignored it. Yeah. Like, are you kidding? Yeah. Something like that. And I keep going to school because let's face it, it's the middle of May. Any one who works in a school can tell you that is like, you're getting stuff planned for next mm-hmm. year. You're wrapping up this year. You've got all this stuff to finish, all this evaluating to do with report cards starting. It was just a, a gong show. And for a teacher to plan for a sub, it is way harder to do that than to just go to work right. and make it through the day. Kind for of sure. So I just kept going to work and then I'll sort of shorten this part of the story, but wound up like going to the doctor one day, they sent me to the hospital. I saw a neurologist. He basically said, you know, well, first of all, the first doctor I went to, she tells me, well, I think it's probably MS. It's presenting as MS, (laughs) but don't freak out or anything. (laughs) And I was sitting there like, don't freak out. You're telling me you think I have MS? Like, are you kidding? So then of course I went to go get blood work. I'm searching up all these symptoms of MS. I'm like, oh my God, I gave myself MS because I'm so stressed and like, oh. Mm-hmm. And so it was like a horrible, horrible time. And yeah. then wound up going back to the hospital again, saw the neurologist. He basically told me, you know, he was going to admit me to the hospital mm-hmm. so that I would get an MRI quicker, yeah. find out what it was. And um, I remember saying to him, like, could it be MS? And he goes, well, I mean, it could be, but it could also be 30 other things. I'm not yeah. going to tell you that. Yeah. So I, I waited in the hospital for, I guess, I think it was my third day in the hospital. Um, just feeling so overwhelmed. I cried mm-hmm. and bawled for like two days straight. Like what is going on? And I was also remember at this point in my life, like just so overwhelmed, um, just feeling lost, feeling yeah. like almost frantic, feeling like I was about to drown every single day. We mm-hmm. had got a puppy in March. Mm-hmm. And at this point, my daughter who was in high school got a job. So she wasn't able to be home right after school for the dog. So I was like rushing home, driving across the city, coming home after school to get to, to this puppy and like not feeling like I was ready to have things set for the next day. Yeah. So I was always like just rushing and behind. Anyhow, in the hospital, um, I found out that it wasn't MS. Thank goodness. What it was, was transverse myelitis. So my immune system had basically attacked my spinal cord, Mm. causing a lesion in my spinal cord that was then compressing my nerves, causing this nerve Mm -hmm. damage or problems with my information going through my nerves. Right. And it was all, well, they can't say for sure why, but I basically for like probably a month, I had some type of a virus where I wasn't feeling a hundred percent. I was running, I felt like I had a cold, but I kept going to work and I kept yeah. Just yep. doing battling it. through I it. Never, I would never rest back then. Mm-hmm. If my body was saying, lady, you need a minute. Yeah. I would never do it. I'd be like, I got 13 things on my list today. I got to keep going. Yep. Um, so then as I was in the hospital, I literally made the decision. I like, I, I was like, what are you doing? How are you wasting this? How are you wasting this to run like a crazy person around yeah. school when you don't even want to do it anymore? <laughs> it's like I had this 
it was, I'll never forget that, that exact moment. It was like a hundred percent clarity. Yeah. It was like, it was so easy to make this decision. I knew with every single cell in my body, I'm done teaching. I'm yeah. done. Yeah. And so that day, um, I literally was like, okay, I'm healing this transverse myelitis. Yeah. I've got a job to do. And I said to the neurologist, the next time I saw him that day, I'm like, Hey, tell me like, what are the, what, tell me more about this illness. Like, yeah. what, what do I need to do? Um, you know, to heal all this stuff. And he basically said a third of the people completely heal. A third of the people have some side effects or symptoms and a third of the people have permanent disability. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to be one of the third that totally heal. Yeah. And I said it to him and he was like, well, I mean, I hope you are because I, I hope you are, but I can't, I can't say yeah. that's going to happen. And I was like, no, I'm telling yeah. you. Like, oh, yeah. Like, this is what's going to happen, doc. <laughs> yeah. And I told him the whole story. I'm like, I'm a medium. And I've just mm-hmm. finally realized this is what I'm going to do. And he just stood there looking at me like partly thinking I was nuts, but also partly like, yeah, yes, this is amazing. So I, I, I was still in the hospital for another probably four days. I had my husband bring my salt lamp, my diffuser, my essential oils, my crystals, plants. Like it was like a a healing space. Yeah. Like I actually could just cry tears of joy. Just talking about this. Yeah. Nurses would walk into that room and they would say, oh my God, what are you doing in here? Yeah. Like, they're like, I didn't even really need to check on you, but I just wanted to come and get some of what's in here. And yeah. it was the energy in the room. Totally. made that shift of like, I'm not, I'm not running around anymore. I'm not living no. that way. I'm moving into this new life. Yeah. And so I spent the rest of that week, like meditating and journaling and like visualizing like the inflammation, leaving my body, all this mm-hmm. stuff. And then I came home and I basically had this room, this, the room I'm in right now, I called it my healing room and yeah. I had a Reiki table set up because I was starting to do Reiki Yeah, and I gave myself Reiki every day. I ate anti-inflammatory, like I literally healed myself and yeah. I'm taking credit for that because 100%. Later, I got another and the doctor said, whatever you are doing, I have no idea what you've done, but keep doing it. Your healing is miraculous. Those are the words he used. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm doing it. Yes. And I knew I was doing it because I was feeling the changes in my body, you know, getting some of my mobility back and my strength back and all of that. But anyways, that whole story is like, you can heal yourself. That's another, Oh my God. Like, oh, a hundred (laughs) percent. Right. Like somebody else needs to have me on for that story because that is just Total. Yeah. I, and then 100%. I had told my husband that day that I had that total clarity that I'm leaving my job, my job as yep. a teacher. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to tell him this. And what is he going to say? Like, he's going to think I'm nuts because he, he is not this kind of stuff. So I'm, I knew without, with or without his, you know, support, I was doing this. Yep. And he said, of course you are going to try this. Like you deserve to give it a chance. Don't quit. Just take a leave of absence just in case, you know, but, um, he was very supportive. Yeah. And even though he like, didn't know how to explain it to people, he was yeah. very supportive. Yeah. 
So that was that. And then that summer I spent, you know, finishing up kind of healing the rest of my body and getting myself sorted out. And in September, I started offering mediumship sessions out of my home in this little room that I'm in. in our yeah, I love it. And And then it just, so, so how did you actually like, cause I find like so many, and I mean, the women that I deal with and coach, it's like, so many of them are like, I I don't want to do what I'm doing, but I don't really know what I want to do. And it's like, okay, but we need to get the clarity. Like you need to know where the fuck you're going. Right. And for your, like, that was like that clarity. Right. And you have like the fear and there's, and that's normal. Right. And it's the fear and it's the ego of like, what are people going to think? Are they going to judge me? What if I fail? All these things that are completely normal, Uh but it's like, you're in your heart, in your soul. You were like, no, like I can't keep doing what I'm doing. It's killing me. And literally it was like, you're you, yes. like shit shows up in the body. Like it is yeah. not a coincidence, right? It, it just isn't. And so yeah. you like take this leap and yeah. now you're like, okay, so how do I now grow this business? Like I'm, this is my, like, this is a business. This isn't a hobby. Yeah. Yes. And where do I go from here? Right. And I think, I mean, I still think I have some work to do in that area of treating it like a business because yes, it's a business and, you know, I've, I've grown a lot mm-hmm. since the first year that I've, that I For started, sure. but, um, how did I, I don't know. It was like, I, I guess word of mouth was the first yeah. thing. And the first people that did come to me, they were, they were more of my inner circle or my friends, friends. Yeah. And I remember actually the first time, and it was probably a few months in to offering readings. I had a total stranger, a total stranger that just heard someone else talking about me came for a reading. And I was like, Oh, okay. I've made it into that next layer. Like, Ooh, here we go. Yeah. And, um, but the, the biggest challenge for me was like not needing to have it all figured out yeah. before I offered it. Yeah. Like you don't have to be perfect before yeah. you offer something. You don't have to be an expert before you offer something. Remember that you are a few steps ahead of whoever's coming to you as a client. Yeah. Or maybe, maybe many steps ahead, but you're for sure a few steps ahead. So you will have something to offer to them. That's why they're coming to you. But it was like, The main thing at the beginning for me was getting that, let putting that fear Mm -hmm. aside and worrying about what people would say, or like, what if it doesn't work? Or what if someone asks me a question and I don't know how to respond? Like there was so much of that when I started. Um, And actually I just did a post about that the other day with my little, my little hazel pie, my little dog. Hazel, she's so cute. Like she was another whole part of this how this whole thing happened. We got her in March randomly. I don't like dogs. I mean, I do now, but at the time I, (laughs) yeah, you're like, I'm never getting a dog. Oh, they're dirty. They're gross. They're germy. Like I just, I never, ever would have ever thought I'd have a dog. And randomly I was just like, felt so drawn to get a dog. And this was March of 2019 weird. And we got one. And I thought, this is so weird. Like, I don't even understand it. And a couple months later, here I was with transverse myelitis, 
laying on the couch, laying in bed every day with my legs, you know, my leg not working right. Mm -hmm. And my little dog was laying on my lap on my Mm -hmm. legs, helping me heal. Yeah. It was so beautiful. And then she was part of my readings when I first started. So she would come in and like sit on the client's feet, basically. Yeah. It was amazing, Heather. Now she doesn't do that because she barks at everybody, but yeah, she does. And me. (laughs) Yeah. Partly she was like my support animal. Right. yeah. to help me like it's okay you're you're yeah. yes you can do it yeah. and just the energy that she brought to things um i feel like really added not only to my client's experience but to my but yeah, yeah. So, like stepping into making something a business i don't know anything about business mm-hmm. i was a teacher yeah but you know what when we did Sulpata, i didn't know anything about business yeah i could sell i could sell yeah. And, and, you know, make those numbers. Like I was really good at it. And all I was doing is being myself. Totally. Parties, setting up my jewelry, showing people how to put it together, you know, showing them what looks good, that kind of thing. And just making them sort of see what I saw. Yeah. So the way that I've built this as, is as a business is 100% being authentic. Yeah. Being myself bringing my own energy to every reading, every interaction, you know, if someone calls me or messages me about a reading, they get the real me, they get the truth. I'm not yeah. going to ever try to convince someone to come for a reading. Um, or, you know, like, it's so funny, because my husband, he is a business owner. Mm-hmm. And his way is very money motivated. Mm-hmm. My way is always wellness and healing motivated. Mm-hmm. So if someone is at the end of their reading and they're like, how, when can I come back? That was so amazing. I just, I want to see you again. My husband's like, sign them up, sign them up for two months from now. Like get them booked again. What are you crazy? And I'm like, but no, I don't want someone to be dependent on me and what I'm doing. I want them to come when they need it. So I think my biggest asset is my energy, my essence, like who I am. That's what makes this business what people want. Yeah. And the connections, right? It's, it's the connections and the relationships that, that are made. And it's like, it's a huge service to people. Like, you know, you've told me stories of just like, okay, you know, I mean, even what you've done for me and the connections, right. And just the differences that you've made in people's life for like closure and, and it like, it's amazing. It's, and it is truly, truly a gift. Well, and when people leave my studio after their reading, most times they give some type of comment, like you have no idea how grateful I am for this, Mm -hmm. or you have no, I can't even tell you how much this means to me. Like, I'm so grateful. And they'll, they'll try to express in words or, you know, leave a review or send me a message or whatever. Mm -hmm. And like, I was just thinking of this the other day. Imagine if I had just been too afraid to step Mm -hmm. into this, Mm -hmm. all those people would have missed out connecting with their loved ones, feeling like, okay, there is something after this physical life. Like there is, I mean, I, it's not that I need to give proof, but often there's so much proof in a reading for sure. Pick this stuff up. Like, I don't know your loved ones. I don't know what they were like before. And yet the way I describe them or the, the things that they share it's like pinpointed exactly like there is no other explanation. 
Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I'm really, I'm really grateful that I stepped into this and that I had that courage because I do know it was really scary at, at the beginning. Oh yeah. A lot. And even now when I, ha- I have all these ideas of things I want to offer, things I want to create and ways that I want to sort of like build community in this space. And, um, it does that fear creeps in once mm-hmm. in a while. And just like you said, you have to focus on all the good things and all the wins yeah. rather than if you, you know, something, you try something and it doesn't work exactly as you want it. That doesn't mean it was a failure. Exactly. And I mean, you, I always say like, I have failed so many times. Like failure mm-hmm. is basically like the foundation of, of my businesses. Right. And but that's so how totally like, right? and, and that's, you know, again, that's a whole other podcast, but that's the problem with today's society. Nobody knows how to fail. They don't know yeah. how to handle the word. No, right. Yeah. There's, they don't, yeah. there's no resilience. And it's like, no, you are going to hear yeah. no a lot. I hope you really do. And, yeah. and I hope you fuck up a lot because that's how you grow. And so many of us have used the excuse, well, I'm just not ready. I'm just You're not ready. You're never going to be ready. Right? Oh my gosh. You are never going to feel ready. No. Nope. And like, that is one of the biggest things that I wish that people could understand is if you wait until you feel ready, you are never going to be ready. I was reading through my Instagram the other day, like really old posts from the very beginning And I had one where I posted about becoming a mom. I was 25 when I had my son and then 27 when I had my daughter. And I said, like, if I had waited until I was ready and I knew everything about being a mom, I'd still not have kids because how do you ever, how are you ever ready for something that is going to alter your life in such a Mm -hmm. a drastic way? So think of that. You, if, you know, if someone is sort of feeling that way right now and struggling with like, I don't feel ready. I don't feel ready. Think of something else in your life where you weren't ready and yeah. you did it anyway. And yeah. look what happened. Yeah. Like, well, you go back to being a baby, right? Like, do you think a baby, you know, consciously thinks, okay, today I'm ready to crawl, right? Yeah. Today yeah. I'm ready to go from crawling to walking. No, they just, they just do it. And you know what? Yeah. They, they will fall down several mm-hmm. times, right? Yeah. And then till they learn to do it, it's the same thing. Yeah. Like people forget that though, right? Riding a bike. Were you right. actually ready to ride a bike? Like my right. dad was like, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> right. And yeah. it's like, all right, just pedal. Let's yeah. do this. Yeah. And sometimes you need to be your own sort of push. Like mm-hmm. in other areas of life, you might have your parents or your teachers or your mentors pushing you towards something. Sometimes you have to be your own sort of, I don't know the yeah. word for it, but like person who pushes you towards something. And like the biggest difference that I see in my life, um, when I look back to when I was teaching and like rushing and just feeling like a hamster on a wheel, like I was about to drown, I was not following my heart in any way, shape or form. Yeah. I was just going through the motions, living life the way that Mm -hmm. I thought I needed to live because, you know, this is what people think you need to do is like, this is the, you went to school for this and yeah. you have this degree, so you should use it and you're good at it and all that. Yeah. But since I've stepped away from that and really um, moved into my mediumship and my business as a medium, I follow my heart a hundred percent of the time. Mm-hmm. And every single time I look back and I'm like, of course that worked out yeah. because your heart will never guide you in the wrong 
It will totally. never find you in the wrong direction. Yeah. But what happens is then your head gets in mm-hmm. and it's like, but what about this? And mm-hmm. what if, what if this doesn't work? And what if I don't have as much money coming in or what if this, yeah. or what if, that? what if it actually works out yeah. way better than you ever imagined it could. Yeah. And you're living this life, looking back at your old life, thinking, holy, thank God that right? I'm into this. And that's yeah. what I, that's how I feel now yeah. in my life. Yeah. And it's, you know, coming back to my philosophy of like, uh, the hustle culture hater right here. Right. Cause it's, you were, that was your life, yeah. right? The run, the run, the run, the run, the like yes. just everything on repeat, right? Like groundhog day and, yeah. and hating it. Yeah. And there's some people that they, they love that. Like that's, and, and that's their thing and knock yourself out. But if you, right you know, intuitively know, and I always say the body doesn't lie. Yeah. The body never lies. What you yeah, feel in your body mm-hmm. is the truth. What you, you know, feel up and think up in your head that will yeah. mess with you all the time. Right. Because that is our ego. So mm-hmm. to truly live your purpose, it, it needs to come from the body. Yeah. Like 100%. And I like to remind myself too, like, there, like you said earlier, there are so many people who are struggling with what they're doing right now. And they know this isn't what they want to do, but they don't know what they want to do. So I remind myself every day, you know, what your purpose work is, you know, what your soul needs you to do on this in this life. Yeah. Um, so how would you like to waste it? It's not only a disservice to me, but it's almost like a disservice to all those people who are still trying to figure out what they want to do for sure. how they want to serve in the world. So, um, I just feel so blessed that I know exactly what I want to do. And I feel like it's almost a responsibility. Yeah. To- I love it. Yeah. I love it. So we could go on and on and on. And I want, I am going to have you on again to talk about your actual healing because you and I are very oh. much on the same wavelength about oh. that. Um, but so if somebody wants to connect with you and learn more about, you know, getting a reading, where can they find you? Cause you work with people all over the world. Yeah, actually when, um, when COVID sort of shut things down, I was, I had not been doing readings over zoom because I struggle with technology. I Mm -hmm. like to say it that way, or no, I'm learning more about technology. You are, but, um, I started offering zoom sessions. I tried Mm -hmm. it out on, I think four or five friends. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this feels exactly the same as in person. Yeah. So yeah. Now I've started doing it over zoom and I've had people like all over the place uh, for readings, which is amazing. So if you live in Regina and you want to come for an in-person session, I have a beautiful space set up that you can come see me at, but if not, I do offer them over zoom. And, um, I like to say, I wouldn't be offering them if they weren't exactly, or just as, mm-hmm. as me and accurate as in person. Right. So I have a website, so mm-hmm. they can find me there and there's information about what to expect and just kind of more about me there. Got some videos explaining sort of www.joyful-soul.ca. Mm-hmm. And then I also have Instagram, which I tend to spend most of my time on there and yeah. put most of my content on there. So it's joyful soul spirit medium. 
And um, if they want to get a hold of me, they can either message me through Instagram or you can contact me as well. Awesome. Yeah. And we'll drop that all in the show notes. So we have all of that. So I love it. I love you. Thank you so much. And I just want to also say on here, like you and I have talked before about this is not it. Like I I feel that there is so much more coming for me. Like this is, I explain it like there's a funnel over my head and it's like, there's a cork in there and it's just like coming out and it's like, and so bits are trickling down. But when that cork comes out and that funnel is like, here you go. Yep. I just know that there's so, there's such a need in this world for not only mediumship, but the way we approach talking about death and dying, Mm -hmm. um, the way that, you know, people can just be more comfortable with all of this kind of stuff. It's not really mainstream at this point, but I know in the next couple of years, we are going to see such a huge increase in acceptance and just using this as a tool in our lives to bring some comfort and, um, healing, just like you would use other tools in your life. So, but you and I, girl, we are going to be together one day and I am not even kidding. It's happening. I can see it clearly and I cannot wait. I know we we've talked about this on stage international. Seriously. (laughs) Yeah. Like there's so many things. And I I, like, I a hundred percent make it happen. Totally. I a hundred percent feel the same way. So thank you again. So amazing. So much info and so inspiring. Awesome. And thank thank you. You're welcome. And thank you everyone for listening. And we will talk to you next time. We really hope you enjoyed this episode of the hustle culture hater club podcast. Stay connected with us directly through the HCHC.com. You can also join the discussion on Instagram at Instagram.com slash the Hustle Culture Hater Club. If you'd like to speak with us, please send us an email through podcast at the HCHC.com. And as always, thank you for pushing your mindset towards a better reality. This concludes the most thought-provoking portion of your day. Don't forget to like and subscribe and stay fully up to date. Until next time.